Kurt Locker, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Kurt Russell. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-host. She's Dirty Harry and Arnold Palmer all wrapped into one. It's Whitney Nelson. (laughs) I was so curious what quote you were going to pull for me, because there's a lot of things you could say and none of them are appropriate. (laughs) I went with the one that was like kind of like the least... Uh, uh-huh. It was weirdly descriptive, but also... Yeah, no, I, I love it. I think it was an excellent choice. But I, I literally thought of it as the movie was wrapping up. I was like, what quote from this movie <laughs> is Andrew going to pull for the intro? Because none of them are appropriate for him to say to me. The... <laughs> <laughs> right. We basically take out anything that comes out of Ray Liotta's mouth. Basically, that's off the table. Correct. It's like not, yeah. can't do it. Um, and that doesn't leave you with much else. It does truly. not leave you with much. Right. He is definitely the central figure. <laughs> Whitney, I think it's been a minute. It has been a minute. If, if by my estimations. <laughs> even, the, even the last podcast we did, you unfortunately could not make it. I could not. We're going to touch on that when we get to the end, because I do need your thoughts on backdraft. I wanted to, I wanted to plant the seed early. So yeah. you can kind of stew over it throughout the course of this episode. You just give me a high level overview and, okay, you know, and, the, and then rank it, rank it accordingly. Although I don't know that there was much left unsaid about the movie backdrop. <laughs> we, we did cover a lot of ground. There, yeah. there, there were some, there were some strong opinions stated. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, all over the world. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm happy to get back into it. I was sick, and then I was sicker. Uh, but now you're better. And now I'm you're better. Sick. Nobody wants to. I'm of. I'm of a. I, I think we've talked about this. I am of the firm belief that if you listen to a podcast for a long time and you're familiar with your host's voice, you do not want to hear them sick or nasally. It's just no, it's, like it's not it's good. One of the biggest things that I have an issue with. Even in television, long-running TV shows, I know every single episode in which someone was sick and they tried to, like, push through anyway. Yeah. uh, I can tell because it just, I always joked with my sister that it gave me ear cancer. (laughs) You're like, I can't do it. Turn it off. It's so uncomfortable that I literally feel like I am getting sick by proxy. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I didn't want to subject anybody to that. I had COVID. Um... And it was most as bad as it gets when it comes to affecting your your voice, your airwaves. Yeah. Yeah. My nose was like just perpetually stuffy and, you know, post nasal drip and all that stuff. The weirdest symptom I had, not the weirdest. I mean, I don't know if anybody really talks about this, is that I lost my sense of smell like for Mm, a bit. That didn't happen to me. It's back. It's back now. But for. Um, maybe like a maybe ten days. I was starting to get pretty nervous that it would never come back. I couldn't mm-hmm. smell anything. That's my that's been my biggest fear since this whole thing started. Is, is not the smell, but the the loss of taste. Oh, that would be pretty bad. Literally, yeah. food is my number one hobby. When people ask what I do, I'm like, I don't know food. <laughs> I don't know. I do. I. I food? I do food does that I food a lot <laughs> and enthusiastically yeah yeah and losing my sense of taste but apparently if you do lose your sense of taste you can train it to again. come back 
you can like sort of like Pavlov your brain into remembering what food is like. It's a whole thing. A friend had to do it. It's very weird. I don't understand it. And luckily I have not had to go through it, but yeah. Yeah. I would say, um, I'm like 95% of the way back to smelling everything again. I think there was a period where I grabbed like just my deodorant, which isn't very strong smelling, but certainly has like a scent and I put it directly up to my nose and I was like, I'm getting nothing from this. So it was bad, yep. but I'm okay now. I feel good. I feel good. good. We're back. We're here. We're in it. We're doing it. I just wish, well, I'll, we'll save it for a, in, in just a moment. <laughs> Let me do some contact info and housekeeping. And then uh, we will get to this thing. As always, uh, I want to mention you can find this and all of our podcasts at 12and24.com, along with a very, uh, it's, I, I wouldn't call it great, but, but it's a very good merch store. You get shirts, stickers, coffee mugs, all sorts of stuff. Kurt Russell, Keanu Reeves, all that good stuff. It's around this time of year. I'm going to, everybody on the podcast will be getting a care package from the, the, <laughs> from me. So here are some here are some fluffy shirts, maybe a hooded sweatshirt or something. We'll just I just love just send it out. So it's good. And people are buying these things. It's actually I mean, we don't make any money. It's like I get a, I the last check I got or not check, but like direct deposit. I think it was for like seven dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's everything we've sold that's up to this point. We've ever sold. Yeah. <laughs> so including the shirts that I've bought on RV. On, it's fine. Uh, Check it out. It's really cool. We do it for the fun of it, not for the profit. Right. It's great. It's great. We're here for the lo love of the game. <laughs> you, you can email us, KurtLockerPod at gmail.com. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny to me, but it just it tickles me. It was good. Uh, you can email us, uh, KurtLockerPod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at KurtLockerPod. Join us on Discord, chat in real time, 1224.com slash Discord. We got two or three more people that joined the Discord just this week. So hello, new folks. Please uh, feel free to dive in, you know, chat. It's great. Or you could be a lurker. I don't really care. You know, I'm just happy you're here. And then finally, if you want to support us at just a moment of your time, please share the show with your friends, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any other place. I think Amazon now, also Google, wherever you get podcasts. If, you, if there's a star rating, just hit that five and, and bounce. It would be it's much appreciated. Much appreciated. Okay. Whitney, do you want me to take the synopsis here? And then we'll, uh, we'll keep, it, keep it rolling? Sure. Go for it. All right. Today, we are talking about the film Unlawful Entry. The plot synopsis from IMDb is... A burglar holds a knife to Karen's throat while her husband does nothing. This is a wild synopsis. This cannot be the official synopsis. <laughs> it is the one on IMDb. Yeah, it I is the one it on IMDb. It's wild. It is pretty. It is. <laughs> I. I mean, the I copy pasted it. Is wild. <laughs> right. The, that's just deferring the, to the a person. Summing up of the movie is wild. Like all of it blows my mind. But anyway, sorry. Start over. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Right. I, I, I didn't it's write this. Hey. It's okay. I, I'm happy we're here to have fun and maybe um, talk a little shit. I, I, mm. I, I don't want to assume, but I, I just have I just have feelings. All right. Spoiler alert. <laughs> a burglar holds a knife to Karen's throat while her husband does nothing. 
Period. <laughs> the couple ends up befriending the cop that comes. Period. The friendship ends when the cop beats up the culprit. Period. Karen isn't ready to end it. Period. Things get ugly with the cop. Period. <laughs> That's it. That's what IMDb That's has the to say. I would love. I don't know who wrote that, but it's wild. I would love to get the DVD of this and check what it says on the back of the box. If it says this, it was worth the purchase of a DVD <laughs> that I cannot even play There's in my home. There's no way that's what's on the back of the, that the, would, the oh, movie. That'd be so fucking funny, though. Oh. Uh, this movie was written by George Putnam, John Katchmer, and Lewis Colick. And it was directed by Jonathan Kaplan, who is best known for directing The Accused with Jodie Foster. I say that because patterns. I don't know why this dude is into this. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know why he keeps exploring what he explores. It's fine. It's not fine. I just, I mean, whatever. Co-starring alongside Kurt R. Well, for one, the, rate lately, uh, the late Ray Liotta, Madeline Stowe, Roger E. Mosley, Ken Lerner, and Deborah Offner. There are other people in this movie. But it's base. It, it's it's actually just really three people, truly. So Whitney, I am very curious. What did the critics and audiences have to say about this one? Um. So this has a seventy-four percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that is <laughs> generous. That is high, to say the least. This is like uh, a three, like a adult. Not psychological, maybe psychological. I don't know, like an adult thriller from the early 90s. And I think thriller, I mean, psychological thriller is also the category that I would put it in. But yeah. I think both of those terms are being very generous. I agree. I agree. It's kind of more of a melodrama than it is a psychological thriller. But yeah. Anyway, so the critics gave it 74%. The audience on Rotten Tomatoes gave it 49%. So we definitely have critics um, being more generous than the audience with this one. Mm. Uh, Joe Barry from Empire Magazine gave it four out of five stars and said, A wonderfully nasty turn from Leota along with a novel treatment of familiar plot lines, elevates Kaplan's effort into the must-see category. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes user Jay West <laughs> gives it four out of five stars. I'm really excited for you to read this one. And says, the only reason that I did, didn't give it five stars was because of a lot of dialogue. They were, they were talking this and that. Some people like that, but some people like me need more action. I remember Officer Pete Davis told the Carr family, don't buy a gun. I say that's why we have the Second Amendment. I'm really glad I did not read this ahead of time. We have the right to bear arms to protect ourselves. Police officers have oaths to obey, but this officer snaps and becomes obsessed with the Carr family to mess with them. <laughs> This just makes a good moral of the story. If you're a single police officer, serve and protect and then move on. Great performances and role by Kurt Russell, Ray Liotta, and Madeline Stowe. I recommend it. 
<laughs> that might be the best review. So it says Jay West. We've ever had. <laughs> to mess with them. That's why he did everything he did. To mess with them. And now, most importantly, it is time to hear what listener Claire's mom thinks about the movie. Uh, Claire's mom said, This one was a really good film, but I didn't like the story. Not because it was bad, but because it scared me. I was very concerned for Kurt Russell's safety throughout. <laughs> Ray Liotta was great and scary. Okay. I agree with some of that. Sure. <laughs> I don't. The Ray Liotta being scary part, I mean. I mean, sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I don't agree. I don't disagree. Yeah. I don't know that I agree, but I don't disagree. Mm. It is shades of gray for this one, I think, mm -hmm. maybe. <laughs> so, Whitney. Are you starting with me? I, yeah, I mean, I, you, had, you had said that you are, you're, you're going to speak kind of off the cuff about this one. I, I love that. I did not that. take any notes while yeah. watching the movie. I yet. took so many notes during this movie. <laughs> it's, this movie is so long it's so long it's so long and this should be a like 70 minute movie <laughs> just whatever the cutoff is for feature film yeah, like like that's what we're hitting legally the bottom limit to be a film yeah is what this should be because Agreed. the premise is established very early and it just keeps going and it's, I mean, listen, we have watched some bad movies on the Kurt Locker and we've watched even worse movies in Cool Breeze Over the Mountains. This is not by any stretch of the imagination the worst movie we've seen. This is, however, everything I hate in a movie. <laughs> it's all condensed. It is too long. I, there's no reason to like any of the characters. They give us... No character development. They give us no... I mean, there's no good guys. Like, Kurt Russell, sure. And Madeline Stowe, sure. Like, everyone in it is a good actor. But there's nothing there that makes me care about any person. And if I don't care about any person, I don't care that they're being fucked with, with by a psychotic cop. Right. I was more invested in Ray Liotta... Than I was in Kurt Russell or Madeline Stowe. <laughs> and it's not because they weren't acting well. I actually think everyone involved did a very good job. It's just they throw you in to a guy who, like, sells nightclubs for a living. And his wife that we know literally zero about. Yes. She has no personality. We have no idea of her likes or dislikes or interests. Honestly, we don't even know any of Kurt Russell's likes or dislikes or interests. We just know that they have a house, the house gets broken into, and then we see him at his job the next day. And, like, there's no, we don't know what their passions are. We don't even really know how they feel about each other. Like, yeah. the, the relationship is not well established. The, the characters are not well established. And no one goes through any sort of character arc or growth or learning or anything in this movie. It's just, we get plopped into their lives with no explanation. 
and then things happen really slowly for two hours. <laughs> Put it on the box. Put it on the box. Um, I do think Ray Liotta had a good performance, but I also don't feel like it escalated in a way that kept me on, like, I was never on the edge of my seat. Mm. Okay. I, for something that is ostensibly a psychological thriller, I was never really that tense about how it was going to end up. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, these are like very paint by numbers, like this whole genre, really, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I felt like Kurt Russell was kind of cocky and shitty and his wife literally was just a plot device and not a person. And obviously Ray Liotta was crazy and, um, you know, a psychopath. Uh, even when, before we knew it, he still played that very well. He played the, like, cool on, on the surface, but weird pretty well pretty early on. But, like, yeah. I never was rooting for anybody. And I really was never concerned for anybody and so it was just, it's one of those things that I have talked about multiple times. This is not news to anyone, but I don't like movies where I feel like everyone's kind of shitty to each other and there's not really anyone to get behind emotionally. I, it's not necessarily like rooting for the good guy because I actually really like a good anti-hero story. And it's just that there's... If I can't emotionally invest in anything that's going on, why are we here? There's no moral to this story. There's no, like, viewpoint or or opinions being given. Mm -hmm. And even now when it is kind of more relevant in the age of looking at what cops do and how they use their power and, you know all of those things that would make this even more relevant today, it still was very hollow feeling. Yeah. And and I was like, I don't understand why they made this movie. Nothing in this movie was something that was like n art that needed to get out or a political stance that needed to get out or a moral of a story. There, there was nothing behind it driving it. And so to me, I was just sitting there for... Two hours when it should have been an hour and ten minutes tops. <laughs> Not really caring about it. And yeah. because the the performances were good, I wasn't like trying really hard to stay focused on the movie. Like sometimes I have a very hard time not multitasking or being on my phone and sort of passively absorbing it. Like I was watching the whole time. Yeah. But I didn't care about anything that was happening and to me that's the biggest waste of time why is anyone here doing this if there's no reason for it <laughs> yeah i well my my thought is like if you had removed these three leads right it's mm -hmm. basically like a really high budget cbs show or something yes. or like where they can curse and show boobs and stuff you know that's basically all this is i guess like a cinemax yeah. maybe a cinemax late night thing not quite that not like the one of the erotic <laughs> cinemax yeah, things. That titillating. Yeah, but... but like certainly of that caliber. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, we have these three like heavyweights in the in the lead roles, and they command attention, but to to nothing in particular. <laughs> yes. Oh man. 
The score was distracting. Not that it was bad, but more than one time throughout the movie, the score was, I like was paying more attention to what the score was doing. Yes. Because at one point it almost sounded like tubular bells. <laughs> and at one point it almost sounded like psycho. And it was like. Yes. In the um, nightclub. Yeah. It no, sounded like psycho. Yes. And later on in the, when, I think it's when we're. I think it was when Ray Liotta was making her dinner is when it sounded like tubular bells a little bit. <laughs> and Mike I'm Oldfield like, here? <laughs> why are we calling back in these themes to like horror movies, but at parts that are not the most tense parts? It's very weird to me when the 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 movie says this is a scary part yeah. via the score because it's never when the scariest stuff is happening on screen. Exactly. It's... <laughs> I'm I'm happy that you picked up on the the wild music cues. I was like, who is they listening were... to this in a nightclub? Who? Yeah. The nightclub was, I think, when it was the most distracting because yeah. it was supposed to be like '90s electronic, like groovy, hip, and it it sounded like the psycho. Yeah, it's like yeah, <laughs> like literally. That's the. It was not good. Oh my god! What are you thinking about the What are you thinking about the technical stuff? Do you have any thoughts? Um, it was fine. I did like when they strapped the camera to Kurt Russell when he's walking into the prison to yeah. sort of give the effect of like him being so overwhelmed that he's kind of zoning out. I felt like that was the only time in which the cinematography was really notable to me, and mm -hmm. I very much liked the effect they were going for. Everything else was totally proficient. Uh, yeah. I don't think anything was super extraordinary, and I do think that the score occasionally detracted, like, pulled me away from what was happening on screen because it was so noticeable. Um, but other than that, I think the editing, all the rest of the cinematography, like, routine camera angles and editing and nothing was bad but nothing was particularly like jumped out at me it's yeah. noteworthy i i called out that in my notes that same exact shot that you were talking about it actually reminded me i'm sure it's been done a bunch of times but it reminded me of requiem for a dream because they mm -hmm. did those shots a lot in that movie mm -hmm. and it's uh it's it was cool. It was like very telling of what the character. It's it like I you're... feel like it's a very good way of showing a feeling disconnected from what's happening around you. Yeah. It. I don't know why it portrays that so well, but it does. It very much is like uh, I can't believe this is happening. All of this feels so surreal. Yeah. Um. You know, like I'm disassociating from my body and watching all of this happen from someplace else. That that camera angle when you do that always portrays that that feeling very well. So I think it was put to good use in this. But it was the only time that I thought anything was anything more than just average movie fare. Yeah. I well, they had some like in the moment to moment it was pretty regular but they did have some like the opening shot is like a helicopter over LA and that was neat and then I think if it wasn't a time lapse but there was like a day to night shot of their home like oh it's probably like right in the beginning like when the break-in mm -hmm. happened so there were like they tried some stuff so I give like 
I give a little bit. Of, I give some props for that. And and of course, but again, the, I do feel like it was very sort of CBS TV show. The stuff that they did do, <laughs> yeah, the, like right. helicopter shot of L.A. and the sort of showing the the transition of day into night and that sort of thing. When yeah. they did do it, it's not that it was like poorly done. It just that it, was, it wasn't. Yeah, it was TV. <laughs> it felt TV ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, an attempt was made. Is what I'll is what I'll say. <laughs> Um, I, man, I want to make sure that you've, you've said your piece. I'm done. All right. I didn't like it. <laughs> Good. If that wasn't clear. Good. I did not enjoy this film. Then we're going to, this is going to go really well for me. <clears throat> um, about halfway, oh, maybe around halfway through this movie, I just, in my notes, I wrote, married white female because that's that's what this is it's mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not it's not good i like single white female actually better than this one. Oh, single white female is so much better than this movie. right and i'm i feel like also I maybe feel like there's a viewpoint behind it yeah we know who like she is more of a message and more characterization and this just happens to happen <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, I'm torn. I'm torn. And I'll tell you why at first. Okay. Not about this movie. I'm pretty, pretty decisive about this movie. I wish this genre would make a comeback, right? The psychological thriller? I think so. Like if you, like if you imagine in the nineties when you walk down the thriller aisle in Blockbuster, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have those movies really anymore. We do not have them like we had them in the 90s and early 2000s. Right. And they're, I mean, I, so, and I get it. I'm willing to concede that, like, maybe it's a bygone era, right? We, we, maybe we don't have these for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. I, my, my only point of comparison is I recently watched Deep Water. Do you know about this one? Mm -hmm. I'm contractually obligated to watch anything with Ana de Armas in it. It's just part of, it's like a life contract Fair. that I have. Fair. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it also stars Ben I Affleck. I get it. <laughs> okay, good. We're on the same page. Um, and that is the movie. That movie is, um, I'm spacing on the name, but it's the person who directed Fatal Attraction. And basically every Michael Douglas movie in the 90s. I, I'm spacing on that person's name. But they also directed Deep Water. And like that movie was pretty middling, <laughs> like at, be at best. That's like a very generous telling of Deep Water. I wouldn't recommend it. So maybe, maybe we don't need these back. But I just, I want to, I want to say that I miss them if I can. That's fair. They were never super my bag. Yeah. Honestly, and this could be totally wrong. This could be totally ahistorical. <laughs> okay. And biased. I feel like Black Swan was the last one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I feel well, like Black Swan. I can see that. Not killed the psychological thriller, but was the last notable psychological thriller that I can think of. Yeah. Well, I think everything else that has been psychological thriller since has actually really been horror. Like Get Out. Get Out is a psychological thriller, but it's really a horror film. Right. Um. It's a blurring. It's a blurring of the. It's. It's certainly not as clear anymore. Yeah. 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 I can get behind that. Black Swan was a hell of a film. I mean, yeah. 
everyone's firing on all cylinders. And another Darren, Ar uh, Darren Aronofsky film too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, let me float that out there that I do indeed have a soft spot for this type of movie. Like I sought out deep water, <laughs> a movie that nobody told me to watch. In fact, some people said, don't bother don't with watch it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I agree with Claire's mom that the core premise here is very scary. Okay. A home invasion, which is scary. All right. Mm -hmm. You get, you get people on the hook with a home invasion. Cause that could literally happen to anybody with a home. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that leads to meeting someone who is worse than the person who just wanted to rob you. Right. Yeah. That was a transaction. I just want to take what you have. What happened at what in the aftermath, what this part, this new person is way worse. Okay. But you brought this up. You touched on this a little bit. Having to watch this movie now. In a modern era. And yeah. And this question asking the movie, if a cop wanted to ruin your life, could you do anything in, could you do anything at all to stop him or her? Right. And having that answer be no. And then also having that reflected in real life really sucks. It sucks in the context of this movie and it sucks more in real life. You know what yeah, I'm saying? It's, it sucks so much more in real life. And I feel like it's in the last few years with like, I don't know. I mean, there's endless examples of cops and I don't want to turn this into like a, a you know, whole thing, Yeah. but like, Literally a woman getting shot in her bed doing nothing by yes. a cop who went into the wrong apartment is the kind of thing that we deal with in the news with cops on a daily basis that we didn't necessarily have as prominent in this time that this movie came out. Yeah. So this, a cop can do anything with impunity is just as relevant today, but is kind of more commonplace not that it's any less scary because yeah. it's always been scary but i feel like it definitely soured me on it took away for me from the sort of thriller tension aspect yeah i can agree. It's, it's one of those things while while it might be as timely if not more timely now it's not it it takes away from the emphasis that it might have had when it came out. Yeah. I feel like I don't want to suggest that what we have experienced in just the past few years about what the hell cops are up to and, and literally getting away with murder sometimes has not been the case for decades. Cause it probably has. We just no. were less aware of it happening because we could, it wasn't as easy to just document this shit all the Literally, time. Literally sheriffs were invented to keep slaves in check. Right. And on the property that owned them. Yes. Not that there hasn't been cops before that in various regards, but for most of history, policemen were really more, um, fire brigades because in crowded cities before modernization in crowded cities fire could take out all of ancient rome and the police in ancient rome didn't really do much about crime 
<laughs> they were mostly there to like set up fire breaks and prevent people from setting things on fire. <laughs> like right. crime prevention as we know it today is all based in slavery, essentially. Right. So like this has been going on forever as long as we've had law enforcement yeah and that's i know a lot of people in law enforcement my grandfather was a police officer um like this is not an uh i don't want to get all social social justice warrior in this particular moment but yeah no it's i mean it's good it's... they have always been able to sort of act with impunity in ways that a person not in law enforcement cannot retaliate against. Right. That, it, it, and because of that, there, it, there's like a dissonance for me, right? In this specific movie, because I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, I, I, maybe I feel more deeply on the side of what is happening to Kurt Russell as a result, right? Because I'm like, what, what, what would you do? Because we've seen, I mean, not like, oh, we, this guy somehow was able to like freeze your credit card or whatever. None of that, not to that level, but like, essentially, like, if you wanted to frame you for like having a half a pound of like a brick of cocaine in your house, mm -hmm. that that could probably happen, right? Like, it happens. I, yeah. So it, you know, that was. That was always in the, that was like always a nagging thing that was happening in the back of my mind throughout this entire thing, especially as it continues to escalate. Mm -hmm. Like putting a gun to his head on that hill that overlooks LA is like, I could kill you. I could kill you right now. And he could have. And mm -hmm. no, no, there'd be nothing that ever happened, right? Mm -hmm. So the real life side of things kept bleeding over into this movie. And it may have, it, it certainly colored my opinion of it. So if that's, if you can, divorce life and art in that way you may find more enjoyment in this movie than i did but i i i was having a tough time the, 100%. the, the whole time 100 percent. i definitely think that that this has not aged well in that it has only become more prevalent not prevalent uh but like in social awareness, it's become more prevalent. Yeah. Like it is more common for us to hear about these sorts of things and, and the abuse of power that it, you really can't retaliate against. Um, so it has not aged well in that it's become more commonplace, which takes some of the thriller aspect out of it. And it definitely is still like the helplessness is still very real in this movie. But yeah. I feel like it takes some of the edge of the seat off because you it keeps pulling you out into like real world events that have happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly that was exactly my experience of it mm -hmm. the Mine whole time. Too. So I want to talk about Madeline Stowe for a minute. Mm -hmm. And uh, I get why Ray Liotta immediately fell in love with her because I did. <laughs> sure. I mean, she's Madeline Stowe. Right. So I don't know. So here's what, you know, is extremely my type uh, and maybe one of the best voices ever. Mm -hmm. I love her voice. She's like, a, <laughs> bear with me. She's like a mixture for me of like Mia Sara 
It's and Gina Davis. And that, okay. that really works for me. I love Gina Davis's voice too. I, mm-hmm. I love her yeah. voice. But lusting, <laughs> lusting aside, I just wanted to, I just needed to get that on the record. And now that's done and my thirstiness is over. Um, I 100% agree with you in that I wish they gave her something more Anything. than like oblivious victim punching bag. Does like she. she- has literally just a plot device for the men in the movie. Yeah. This, the, the, the way it goes is in the first five minutes, she is almost murdered. Okay. And then she gets tangled up with Ray Liotta's character pretending to be a friend and someone she trusts in the, in the aftermath of a traumatic event. And then that leads her, her husband to infer that, she might be leading Ray Liotta on in some weird way. So he's like giving her a bunch of shit and then she's sexually assaulted at the end. And it was like, that's basically the run. And we really know she's a teacher. That's all we really, and she loves her cat, (laughs) which was a very good cat. cat Tiny. Yeah. But like, I know that the, I know that this genre is full of tropes. I get I, like I'm a hundred percent, but it was just like exhausting to watch it play out. I'm like, there was nothing that this th- this movie never surprised me. Maybe it did when like we saw a woman get punched directly in the face. That surprised me, but that's a bad surprise. I didn't want. I never wanted that it surprise. Surprise me. I, it, it didn't surprise me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> I, Madeline Stowe is such a good actress. Listen, if you need a woman to be vulnerable, you couldn't do better than getting Madeline Stowe in your film. Right. Unbelievable. Unbelievable talent. Yeah. She's she's very, very good. She's very good about holding a lot of emotion below the surface. Yeah. In a way that a lot of actors are not. Because, like, as an actor, you kind of have to put the emotion on the surface and her ability to sort of feel like she's brimming underneath with all sorts of things going on, but be very calm and very um, sort of helpless feeling on the surface. She's done it in like basically every movie she's ever been in and she's incredibly good at it. Yeah. Watch it. My recommendation is like watch a Madeline Stowe movie, not this one, but 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 watch like Last of the Mohicans or like Twelve Monkeys or I mean really anything. Those are the those are the two that come to mind. Although I really really like her in Playing by Heart. No one's ever heard of that movie. I can't say that I have. Everybody's in it. Jillian Anderson (gasps) is in it. John Stewart is in it. Ryan Felipe, Angelina Jolie, Sean Connery, Madeline Stowe. Um, Oh, it's one of those movies. It's like it's like. it's one of those star-studded affairs. It came out in the 90s, I think. And it's a very 90s movie. And it's a bunch of, like, timelines that feel separate at first but intersect by the end. Yeah. Like, all of them are related in some way. And it's a, it's like a rom-com sort of thing. It's all about relationships. Um, and she is not necessarily a the biggest role in the movie but she is very good and a little bit 
different from her normal type that I am used to seeing her in. Interesting. Um, so I definitely recommend if you're a fan of hers, I definitely Dennis Quaid. That was the other name that I was forgetting. Dennis, Dennis Quaid. Quaid was also in it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she. I very much like her, and it's a little bit different from how I'm used to seeing her. So. Eh, check it out. I love playing by heart, but no one has ever heard of it except for me and my sister. I'm going to add it to the list. Okay. Um, uh, let me say, in keeping with this, Madeline Stowe, excellent. Not given a lot to do. Ray Liotta is Ray Liotta. Do you know what I, you know? Does that make sense? Like, a hundred percent. I'm not a fan of Ray Liotta. And that's not to, because he's a bad actor. It's just because his thing is all movies that are not my kind of movie. Sure. I, I, a hundred, I'm actually kind of with you on that. Like mm -hmm. I, Goodfellas, love it. Another movie where he yells Karen all the time, weirdly. <laughs> that's, that's, I was like, what, what is with that, him and that name? <laughs> um, but like, I appreciate his talent, but also like, he he, he's so good. He makes me think that he's actually a pretty troubled individual. Does that you know? Like I don't. I mean I don't know. There's there's a certain thing about Ray Liotta that keeps him at arm's length for me. But I do appreciate his performances in everything. And Kurt was fine in this, but not 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 the best we've seen him. But like like in, in my estimation, pretty middling. But. But okay, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to. The one thing that I thought of towards the end of this movie, is, and I'm, I'm gonna. It's a plug for another movie that I think does the same thing but better. And just bear with me on this one, Whitney. A dark comedy reimagining in this movie that was made about three to four years later. Okay. Mm -hmm. Written and directed by Ben Stiller. It was called The Cable Guy. Have you seen it? I have not seen The Cable Guy. <laughs> really. Okay, let me tell you about the cable guy. The cable guy, it's Jim Carrey, I think, mm -hmm. and Matthew Broderick. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a satire uh, and maybe, maybe a bit of a send-up of these types of films. However, it's one that also expertly delivers inside mm -hmm. the genre it's sending up. Like Shaun of the Dead. It's the great, mm -hmm. it's the, it's the mm -hmm. example, that's the best example I can give. Yeah. A lot of people passed up on it because they did, because Jim Carrey wasn't talking out of his ass cheeks for 90 minutes. And I get that because we expect a certain thing from Jim Carrey and he did not do that this time. But if you like a, a, something that's a, 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 a stalker movie, right, you could do a lot worse than The Cable Guy. I think it would I, actually be I even actually... better divorced from the night, like this far out from the 90s. I think it's probably even funnier. It's interesting that you bring that up because I've never seen it uh, and honestly haven't thought about it in forever. I At the time that this came out, I was early teens. Yeah. When The Cable Guy came out. I don't know exactly what year it came out, but just from, from memory, I was early teens. And it was so the opposite of any kind of movie I was interested in watching. And yeah. then I haven't really thought about it since. But now that you say that. I remember some of the cast that was in it being like a dynamite cast. Oh yeah, it's like Jack Black, Bob Odenkirk. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can't remember her name. Matthew it, Broderick, right? Matthew Broderick is is it, the the two leads are Matthew Broderick and Jim Carrey. Um, uh, 
I can't remember the uh, the the female lead is incredible too, and I'm spacing on her name. Very popular. Um, she's married to Judd Apatow, if that helps. <laughs> uh, Leslie Mann. That's her. Yes, maybe maybe one of her first roles. Okay. And she is dynamite. But honestly, telling me anything is the the Shaun of the Dead of its genre <laughs> is a way to get me to watch it. Yeah. That's like the number one way to get me to watch something is to be like, it's like Shaun of the Dead, but for this kind of movie. This is a, I, I'll say this a lot. I, I, this movie was ahead of its time with what it was trying to say. I think it, like, again, it's, 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 it would be very dated because the concept of a cable guy at, at all, yeah. like a man that comes into your house to install cable boxes all over the place is, is ludicrous, right? Like, but it was it made quite an impression on me it's it's dark it is a dark movie but very funny i mean i love a a, a dark send up like heathers yes i love heathers yes you are you are in if you take that if you take that if you take Shaun of the dead as your reference point if you take heathers as a reference point you're in the you're in the zone of yeah. where i would I, where i, I would put the cable guy because that is i like that zone yeah I think yeah, everybody's very good in it. It's a little cerebral, but I, again, I, 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 it was a win for me. It really worked on me. I, I might go rewatch it because I don't even know why. I, I mean, this movie reminded me of it, but only insofar as it was like a pretty ridiculous. <laughs> if we took these, how everything kept escalating in this movie is mm -hmm. similar in nature to how things escalated in the Cable Guy. Is what I'll say. Okay. So that's great. Uh, so how did you feel about Kurt Russell in this movie? I thought he was fine. I, you know, they do things to Kurt Russell. Like when we need to make Kurt Russell less manly, it's like, let's throw a pair of glasses on him. You know, like there are certain, this to me feels like, again, not, not to the degree of like winter people, but him playing a little against type mm -hmm. where like, a guy, I, he could probably play a guy who's down on his luck and then finds something. But like, he was kind of a, is kind of dickish in yeah, this movie like to his wife. Part of the reason I didn't like this movie is because there was no one to root for. Yeah. And it's not because they, he did anything like bad per se, but he was just kind of a cocky dick. Yeah. And that's a bummer. Like, he's watchable you know and yeah <laughs> i just like looking at the guy right like it <laughs> but like <laughs> there was nothing here for me to <laughs> there was the menace of ray liotta mm -hmm. which was evident in almost every look which is impressive and very magnetic right he does a good job of that he he can flip that switch mm -hmm. and he did often in this movie of, of like when he was in one context versus the other and yeah but he he stole it overall. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, so everybody, that, yeah. That scene where you talked about them on the the cliffside and Rayliota pointing the gun at him and saying, "I could kill you right now." Yeah. Um. The like post punch, post like scruff of the neck being pulled back, sort of not quite strangulation. I don't know how he did it. I don't know if Ray Liotta actually punched him. I don't know if it was, like, in some way method. But the way that his, like, he 
he very well balanced the physical acting of like having been hit in the gut and possibly a little bit strangled with the emotional element. It was by far, in my opinion, the most um, the most acting that Kurt Russell got to do was yeah. on that scene when you like see everything running through his face, but you could also see the like veins bulging in his face and he's like very red and like the physical acting was kind of incredible to the point where I literally thought, did he have someone actually punch him? Because I don't know how he did that on his own. <laughs> yeah. Very, yeah. I agree. I do. That did. That was a standout moment. Mm -hmm. That whole scene. I'm a sucker. You know this because it happened a few times in Keanu movies as well. That whole vibe, like if you filmed a whole movie on that hill that overlooks LA with all those lights in the background, <laughs> I just fucking watched I watch anything that is done there. Yeah. Anything. It's such a vibe. It is a vibe. L LA at night is like yeah. the genre. It's like it's like one of my favorite genres. <laughs> like yeah. that'll get you that'll get me in the door, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you're like it's filmed in LA at night. I'm like, "Oh shit, I am there." <laughs> Oh shit. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, I that did stand out to me. I did. Yeah, that was very good. That was very good. Um the only other things I'll say is, you know, I I have a couple general thoughts here. Um these are just these are more just rapid fire. I can do questions for you, Whitney. Okay. He is like a a nightclub developer, broker. Yeah, and yeah. she's a teacher. How much does the house they, they were living in cost? Because I don't I don't think that math works. I mean, I know they mentioned that it's out of their, but I, it's not like a million dollar. Was that what are we talking? That's a big ass house. Yeah, I, I mean now that's certainly out of the salary realm of a nightclub broker and a teacher, <laughs> private school teacher. Two peas in a pod. Might be feasible at the time. Okay. I'll believe I I buy it again. We're yeah we're talking we're talking thirty years ago. So, um, the the look that Kurt Russell gives. So they go to that the on the ride along. They go to the takeout. They go to a Mexican takeout. I believe it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kurt Russell opens up his right. Mm -hmm. The look on his face couldn't have been more opposite than the look on mine. I was like, I am going to, I would dive right the fuck into that thing yeah, if I could. Looked, yes. It looked 100%. incredible. I don't understand. It so good. And I, I was very, so there's, again, with a lot of like how this movie has aged, I feel like there was a lot of racism that was sort of latent. Yeah under the surface there was not like a lot of overt racism but i do feel like the criminal element in the movie and specifically that food moment i was like that food moment was actually more upsetting to me than like the guy who broke into the house being black or the way that they treated the like mexican woman who came in and sat down and started hitting on kurt russell yeah just like uh, the overall, they did have the the one drug guy who was white, but mm -hmm. there was definitely an element of like minorities being inferior in this movie that um, rubbed me the wrong way. But no, never more so in the movie than the that food part because yeah. I was like, 
Are you kidding me? Well, as we discussed up top, you do food, you know? I do food. Food is what <laughs> so I do. You, you know. <laughs> it's my whole jam. Unintended. <laughs> I have a note here that sometimes, sometimes, Chekhov's gun is a gun. Is a gun? Yeah. <laughs> you can't. And also, please clarify something for me, Whitney. Is an upside-down diamond a pyramid? No. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't taking crazy pills. What What killed me about that is in that era, faux Egyptian, like, decor uh -huh. was part of that, like, whole 90s, de like, vibe. Like, it was very <sighs> commonplace to have a faux Egyptian pyramid paperweight or whatever. Like, why would you not have it be an actual pyramid? Why would you have some, like, cut resin gem-esque sort of a thing and say, that's a pyramid? Why would you not just have a pyramid doodad knickknack on but, the shelf? But also, diamond is seven letters. Right. <laughs> Remember the whole thing was yes. like... It has to be when, seven when, I cut, when he cut to it, I was like, oh, he's going to say diamond. And then he said pyramid. What is happening? What? Why was it not just a pyramid? I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> the, I have, uh, just two more quick things. It, going along with the physical acting, when Ray Liotta's partner is shot and killed, that mm -hmm. dude was convincing as fuck. Yeah. That that was one of the best death scenes yes. I have seen in a very long time. Yeah. He had, he like, was twitching. I was twitching. Yeah. The like, the breath, the like sweat slash tears around his eyes, like just all of it. He did an incredible job. I, it was very, very convincing death. Right. I love that. Mm -hmm. I, 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 one of my new pet peeves is like when people when you're shot in the chest in a movie there is no dying soliloquy that that shit does not like what happened to this dude is what would happen to you like yeah there is no talking yeah no was he immediately dead no no but like is he doing anything or saying anything no he's he incapacitated and yes. he's dying that's you know, 100%. that's what I, I, I like the, the swerving towards realism. That's great. Mm -hmm. The only other thing I'm going to do is I know I already recommended the cable guy, but this movie reminded me of so many other movies about stalkers that I'm just going to name a couple that I really liked. And you can mm -hmm. you can yes or no these if you've seen them or not. So whatever. Okay. Uh, fear. Have you ever seen fear? I don't know. Mark Wahlberg, Reese Witherspoon. Mm -hmm. Probably not. I don't like Mark Wahlberg. OK. Pretty good movie. It was early, maybe one of the earliest Mark Wahlberg. It's, okay. it's, it's, it might have actually came out the same or a year later, roughly. Uh, the King of Comedy is another good mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. As I said, any Michael Douglas movie in the 90s, you can't go wrong with. Fatal Attraction, Basic Instinct, any of those. Sure. Pretty good. More recent examples that I've watched. Uh, Ingrid Goes West is a great. Oh, so good. Yes. Great stalker-ish so movie, right? In my opinion, one of the best because of the way that it sort of turns it on its ear while still being true to the form. Yeah, that's another great 
Yes, another great situation of that happening. Yes. Laugh out loud funny, but also deeply unsettling. And like, I was uncomfortable walking home after seeing Angry Goes West in a way that I am not with a lot of like psychological thrillers. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Highly recommend. The only other one I have is Unhinged, which uh -huh. not a lot of people have seen or even heard of, really. Mm -hmm. um, and that movie goes to 11 and stays at 11 for a long time. So you got to brace yourself going in. But mm -hmm. um, it pretty, pretty, pretty good. That's all. That's all I'll say. I, I, after watching this movie, it gave me an appreciation for the, 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 again, I'm almost interchanging psychological thriller with like a stalker movie. It, because he is kind of a stalker in this one. Stalkers are psychological thriller. Yeah. Not all of them, but like a lot of times if there is a stalker, it is this sort of like menacing edge of your seat, slow burn sort of a thing. Yeah. So there's, that's, uh, those are just a couple other ones. That's all. That's all. I have one more question. Mm -hmm. Actually, normally what I'll do is I'll press the button and I'll go right into this question. But Whitney, I don't know if you remember mm -hmm. the last time we talked, I told you that I was cooking up something There's a new one. I was cooking oh, no. up something new for you. Oh no. Do you want to take a guess at how many clips I was able to pull of you where you said something completely distinct <laughs> <laughs> and off the wall? Oh, I have boy. the exact number in front of me. Oh boy, how many? I was able to pull. 53 different things oh that you said about Kurt Russell. Now, I couldn't put them into one because th this yeah, th lot, this bumper would have been three and a half minutes long, <laughs> which maybe the people want. Let us know. <laughs> oh, please. No, don't do that to me, people. I got this one down to 40 seconds, which is 10 okay. seconds longer than the last one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm going to play this and then we're going to talk about I'm going to talk about it for a second. But okay. Uh, Whitney, <laughs> I have a question for you. <laughs> Is he hot in this one? When you picture Kurt Russell, probably going to be 80% yeses. He is hot in this one, 100%. I wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating crackers. <laughs> the hair is a really big part of it. And I keep expecting that to turn me off, and it isn't. The butt, very good. <laughs> In a binary, yes or no, is he hot? The answer is yes. I would not loophole Kurt Russell. <laughs> this is the hottest that Kurt Russell has been to date, in my humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So, mm -hmm. my thought is, I've actually made a couple of these. Great. And I'm just going to cycle them out. You'll never know which <laughs> one's actually going to happen. <laughs> Additionally, oh let me just pull this. This is great. Uh, this is great uh, radio here. Let me just mm -hmm. pull up. We got an email from a listener. Oh, boy. Uh, who are you? Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, we got a, we got an email from Claire, not the Claire that uh, whose mom is featured 
prominently on the show, but another Claire who is an audio engineer and Claire who listens to us and has for a really long time wrote me and, and said, if you want to send me some clips of Whitney, I can try my hand at making a bumper for you. So I did. And I'm, I'm, I'm not pressuring Claire, but if you're listening, Claire, Please take your time. My That was my very low bar that you had to hurdle. I'm sure you're going to do a much better job than me. Whoa. She has a lot of the same clips that I had access to, so we might hear there might be some overlap. Either way, Whitney, very exciting time for the segment. <laughs> Is he hot in this one? <laughs> oh, goodness. I am, I am so red right now. Beat red. I wouldn't loophole Kurt Russell is maybe the funniest set of words ever placed in that order. Ever. Oh, boy. All that said, Whitney, is he hot in this one? Uh, mm, no. Okay. All right. Again, like I said in in that bumper, uh, in a binary of like, Yes to no, and Uh you have to pick one. He's always hot. He's Kurt Russell. Yeah. Uh, He definitely didn't do it for me in this one, though. I think that the sort of, like, dickishness paired with the hair not being super appealing didn't really do it for me. Was not unattractive in this film, but definitely is not the most attracted to Kurt Russell I've been. Yeah. I'm I'm actually going to agree with you on this one. Mm. There was nothing... You know when he actually looked the best, in my estimation, in this film at least, was when he was in the prison jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. That that those the were prison like prison jumpsuit, and then at the end when he's rushing to save his wife and like gets all like, you know, he's just come out of jail and his like shirts coming untucked and he's all must. Yeah, that's... the last like twenty minutes of the movie are definitely when he looks the best. Yeah, so there there is that. But again, always I just enjoy looking at him. The eyes, the smile, great. It's all great. It's all gravy. Yeah, it works. However, if we're asking, like, would I date him in this movie? You know, that's a harder sell for me. That's mm-hmm. all. It was it, it, it's no uh, no tango in cash. Let's just put it that way for me. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Indeed. It felt good to play that new theme song. I had it. Locked and loaded for backdraft, but you couldn't make it. And I, and I didn't even play it. I didn't want it to be revealed without you. So I, that. I definitely you. feel like it's a better reveal when I'm here to get really embarrassed and red. <laughs> oh, so we're going to have three to four different theme songs uh, that we'll cycle through. It'll be great. I think it's time. It is time. It's time. I think it's time to play the game that had the line taken from this movie. Yes. Finally. I got very excited when the line (laughs) happened and I was like, there it is. We made it. We made it. (laughs) So without further ado. Figure it out, asshole. We're going to find out who's who. I mean, I'd peg us at a D minus for this kind of thing. Keeping you at a disadvantage is an advantage I intend to keep. Think you can win on talent alone? You don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. I honestly, I don't remember, okay? Ask about horses again, I'll slap you red. 
Ooh. <laughs> hey, that was fun. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to make any changes to that song. That's a, a good one. I don't know. Figure it out, asshole. is our very own quiz show where the host will ask each of us three questions. If one of us gets the answer wrong, the other participants have a chance to steal, assuming we remember the remaining answers. Which is a bold assumption. <laughs> yes. If you're just joining us historically. Uh, Both of us have no short term memory. Not, gr not great. Not great. <laughs> Without further ado, I'd like to introduce our master of ceremonies coming to you live from the void. It's Charles Nolan. Hello, everybody. Charles. Hello, Charles. How are all of you doing? I I cannot complain. I'm better. I've doing got my health back. I feel good. I feel good. I'm ready to, to try to get a couple points. Good. Whitney, how are yeah. you? Oh, great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I love it. Is everybody ready for trivia? Yes. Yes. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start it off with Whitney. Okay. In the opening panning shot, we see a billboard for what cigarette brand? Oh. Is it A, Marlboro, B, Newport, C, Paul Mall, or D, L&M? Oh, I definitely don't remember this, so this is a wild guess. I'm going to say Paul Mall. That is incorrect. Oh. Uh, uh, do I say steal? I can't remember. Steal? You do say steal. Okay. <laughs> Historically, that has been the word you've chosen. It's been a minute. Um, I'm going to... I don't remember any of this. L and M. That is incorrect. Oh, no. It's <laughs> creepy. I the correct know. answer was A, Marlboro. Okay. <laughs> Off to a bad start. Moving on to Andrew. Okay. Which of these actors was not considered for the role of Pete Davis? A, Mel Gibson. B, Tom Berenger, C, Gary Busey, or D, Charlie Sheen? Uh, I'm going to go with... I feel like I could be wrong about this, but maybe Charlie Sheen was too young, so or too young looking. I'm going to go with Charlie Sheen. That is incorrect. God damn it. I'm going to say Gary Busey. I did not hear you say steal beforehand, so that <laughs> does not count. I'm kidding. That is correct. <laughs> nice. Oh, that was close. Okay. I don't feel like Gary Busey could play this straight element of this enough. The, like, no. unassuming nice guy. I think he can only do the unhinged. <laughs> the good. man is wild. <laughs> this is true. He'd be good in the Ray Liotta role, actually. <laughs> That's what the Ray Liotta role was, was Pete Davis. That's, oh, I mean, yes, of course. All right. This is going to be a great round of trivia. <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> Moving back to Whitney. Yeah. If it's anything serious, I'll come back for my A, driver, B, putter, C, chipping wedge, or D, nine iron. Driver. That is correct. Excellent. Mm, suck it, Boyd. 
I I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I wouldn't tempt the void. Why would you do that? I didn't say Charles. I said Boyd. Moving on to Andrew. <laughs> what year does the LAPD cop car claim the LAPD was founded? God damn it. <laughs> I, was it 1767, 1781, 1813, or 1853? God damn it. I don't, I don't even eat. Uh, it's those all seem so long ago. Um, eighteen thirteen. That is incorrect. <laughs> Steel. Whitney. Eighteen fifty-three. That is incorrect. Oh my god. 1853 is the year the actual LAPD was founded. But according to the cop cars in this movie, it was 1781. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's really funny. I don't know. Okay. okay. All right. Moving back to Whitney. <laughs> Which actor got nominated for an MTV Movie Award for their performance? Was it Ray Liotta, Kurt Russell, Madeline Stowe, or Roger Mosley? Mm, Ray Liotta? That is correct. Nice. nice. For best villain, but he lost to Jennifer Jason Lee for single white female. <laughs> okay. Wow. Sure. Same year, these two movies? Same year. Wow. That's wild. That is wild. All right. Moving on to Andrew. What do the Mexican food takeout containers say on them? God damn it. That is not what they say. <laughs> but I know you are expressing frustration uh -huh. and not guessing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we in the business call a joke. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Do they say A. Thanks for dining with us B. Bon appetit C. Have a nice day Or D. Hasta mañana Oh my god I... Sh Okay I'm just gonna go with simple Occam's razor Thanks for dining with us That is incorrect <laughs> Steel Whitney <laughs> Have a nice day? That is correct. Oh, my God. All right. Moving back to Whitney. Mm -hmm. What's the name of the restaurant where Michael's card gets declined and car gets booted? <sighs> Was it Chea, Drea, Freya, or Playa? It's Chea. That is correct. Nice. I, that was the only question you've asked so far that I actually knew the answer to and was not guessing. Well done. Very impressive. <laughs> the score is currently <laughs> five to two to nothing. Yes. And one might think void means nothing, but no. No. In no. this case, Andrew means nothing. Void <laughs> means two. Wow. Whoa. 
I understand. Whoa. I understand. Hey, I'm, I'm going to Just gonna in try. terms of score, Andrew, yeah. you are my favorite host right now. You have not dissed my home. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Charles. I appreciate that. For the final question of regulation, figured out asshole. Okay. Andrew, which of these actors was not considered for the role of Michael Carr? Which is Kurt Russell, of course. Of course. Was it Kevin Costner, Mel Gibson, Jeff Bridges, or Bill Pullman? That's an excellent question. Thank you. I don't... I could be wrong. I probably am historically based on this episode. I just don't... I don't see Jeff Bridges in this. I'm going with Jeff Bridges. That is incorrect. <laughs> I'm just... going to say Bill Pullman. Will you say steal beforehand? Yes, steal Bill Pullman. That is incorrect. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeesh. Kevin Costner? Mel Gibson. Oh, okay. Well, considered right. for Pete Davis, not Michael Carr. Uh, mm, got it. Okay. Okay. That moves on to our bonus round. In our bonus round, players can buzz in rather than having me pose one of them specifically a question. Let's hear what those buzzer sounds sound like now, starting with Whitney. Me. And moving to Andrew. Bzz. Fantastic. If a player buzzes in before I am done reading the choices... <laughs> <laughs> I will not continue reading choices. Uh, yes. Yep. Uh -huh. I'm going to keep my pants on. The delicate Just balance. Just as a me. reminder. Just a, <laughs> I appreciate it, Charles. Mm-hmm. Bonus round. Question number one. How much money does Michael offer Pete to leave him alone? Was it 5000 7000 9000 or 10,000? Me. Whitney. 5,000. That is correct. <sighs> okay. Try and get in there, Andrew. I'm going to try. <laughs> I, I thought it was 5,000, but I, 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 yep, I didn't want to. My thoughts, uh, it, it, his, this episode have not been uh, that accurate. So, all right. All right. This is only two questions for the bonus round. So final question. Okay. Here we go. The People versus Michael Carr has what case number? <laughs> oh, jeez. Is it VA352587? <laughs> VA278535? <laughs> VA855327? Or VA785223? You evil genius. <laughs> Whitney. VA785223. Was that the one you guessed because it was the only one you could remember? Yes. That is incorrect. <laughs> Literally every other one I, gotta I go, had I gotta forgotten go. <laughs> by the time you had finished the, the option. Andrew. <laughs> I think it's VA. Fuck. Shit. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> Eight, five, five, two, three, seven. That is not one of the options. <laughs> God damn it. 
The correct answer was VA eight five five three two seven. I had it mixed oh, up. I was so close. So close. <laughs> so close. Shit. But ninety off. Oh my god. Oh well. <laughs> I I count that as a um, I in the spirit. Of the point is there for yeah, me. Yeah, it's a moral victory. The spirit of the point is there for sure. <laughs> okay, good. I'll give you that because I know you need it. <laughs> that brings our score to spirit of a point to four to six. <laughs> and our winner is Whitney. You were meant to be here tonight. There it is. Queen of trivia. Well done. A strong return. A strong return. I feel like that's the strongest showing that I've had in figuring out asshole in a while. I would agree. Done super well recently, and that was a good one. Six is a high score. It is. Oh my goodness. Now we come to Figure It Out Audience, one of my favorite portions of the show. This is where I ask our listeners two questions. And they can join in the in Wow, I cannot talk. I have caught Andrew's disease. <laughs> oh rude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's very contagious. Join in the conversation on Twitter by tweeting me at the Nolan, T-H-E-N-O-W-L-I-N, or in a much less toxic place, our Discord. Yes. Just message me there and say, I think the answer is this. If you get it right, you'll get shouted out in the next episode. The answer to last episode's figured out audience. Question one was, what is Cash's date of birth? Nope. I've already talked about that one. <laughs> I don't have the answers from last one. <laughs> I will have to go get those. Something about backdraft, but I'm sure someone got it. I think yes. someone hit you in the Discord, I think, was the, with the right answer. Lane that is train? correct. One of them was, what was the... Uh, truck engine number, and the correct answer was 46. I think that was Lane Train, or maybe it was Tombstone. You both get shouted out for being great. Way to go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The figured out audience questions for this episode, which will be called out in next episode, because I will not forget them. <laughs> what is the three-digit code to arm and disarm the security system at the car house? That's good. And question number two, what is Officer Ray Cole's apartment number? Ooh. Hit me up on Discord or on Twitter, and if you're right, you'll get shouted out in the next episode of Figured Out Audience. Whew. That was a rough one for me, but God, I had fun. Still had fun. Yeah. I'm very glad that you still had fun. That is very important to me. Charles, I... I gotta ask, you know, you're, uh, yes. you watch all these or you've seen them or I, I don't know, maybe they're on an infinite loop in the void. I don't really know how, I still really don't know how it works there, but, um, what, it'd you... be very complicated to explain. <laughs> I get it. I get it. What, what did you think about this one? Oh boy. <laughs> Time is strange in an infinite void. Uh huh. But even so, this movie was too long. <laughs> yeah, that's a common sentiment. That's a common sentiment on the show. 
I knew I liked you. I knew I liked you. No, oh, I like you too. Aww. See? Whitney, you're okay. No, I like you, Whitney. I just don't like your dislike of the void. <laughs> I like the void fine. <laughs> we, we just I fear just, what we don't know. I just know, like to you know? trash talk. That's right. This I can understand, as may be exhibited a little bit myself. <laughs> I enjoy some trash talking. Right. Maybe earlier on this very episode. Who knows? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, Charles, as always, thank you for the time and effort that goes into this. It is always much appreciated. We, we, I, the hope is that we don't go so long between the, the next one where we don't get to talk as often. So uh, I hope to talk again soon. Do some and I soon. hope to speak with you two very soon. All right. I wish you, uh, I bid you a good void. And a good void to you as well. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Whitney, you'll see. Uh, you don't even have to leave the document. Uh, mm -hmm. This is actually your episode. <laughs> <laughs> there is a synopsis that is quite long. Too long. Maybe as long as the film. Considering how long, how much actually happens in this film. But yeah, let's go. All right. The plot synopsis from Wikipedia is as follows. Michael and Karen Carr, Kurt Russell and Madeline Stowe respectively, are a couple living in an upscale part of Los Angeles. One night, an intruder enters their home through the skylight, upsetting their tranquility. The intruder briefly takes Karen hostage with a knife before dumping her in the swimming pool and escaping. The cars call the police, one of whom, Pete Davis, played by Ray Liotta, is quickly intrigued by their politeness and takes an extra interest in the couple's case, cutting through department red tape and quickly installs a security system in the car's house. In appreciation for Pete's services, Michael and Karen form a friendship with him and invite him to dinner. When Michael expresses an interest in getting revenge on the intruder, Pete invites him on a ride along with his partner, Roy Cole, played by Roger Mosley. After dropping Cole off, Pete reveals that he has arrested the man who broke into the car's house and offers Michael a chance to take some revenge using Pete's nightstick in retaliation for attacking Karen. Yeah. Michael declines, insisting that he wasn't serious about personally taking revenge, but Pete responds by becoming insistent and demanding. After the burglar attempts to run away, Pete brutally beats him before Michael demands that he stop. Deeply suspicious of Pete's mental stability and overprotective behavior, Michael demands Karen stays away from him, but she refuses to believe him as she believes Michael is overreacting. When Pete arrives at Michael's nightclub, Michael harshly criticizes Pete for his behavior and rejects their friendship coldly, demanding that he stay away from both him and Karen. After unsuccessfully attempting to cope by having sex with a random woman who he sees as worthless, mm. Pete, having already been infatuated with Karen, invites her for coffee to get to know her better and begins to intrude in her marriage with Michael, believing that Michael is not standing up enough for Karen. Pete, having become jealous, angered, and loathing with hatred over Michael's rejection, begins to harass him by ruining his finances and breaks in the house after setting the alarm off under the pretense of checking on the couple while they're having sex. Yeah. 
creepy. Michael files a complaint, and rightfully so, uh, against Pete's unwanted attentions. Pete uses his police connections to destroy Michael's business reputation while encountering bemused apathy from Pete's superiors in the LAPD. Under advice from his lawyer, Michael tries to bribe Pete with $5,000 and apologizes for his rejection, but Pete rejects Michael's offer and reveals his obsession with Karen and warns that he could kill him, causing Michael to scold and warn Karen about Pete's obsession with her, further demanding that she stay away from him. Michael turns to Cole, Reliota's partner, who orders his partner to stop obsessing, see a shrink, or face suspension if he doesn't. Pete then remorselessly murders Cole and blames it on a known criminal. Pete then frames Michael on drug charges by planting a supply of cocaine in the car's house, enabling him to move in on Karen. Jeopardizing his attorney's finances, Michael resolves to get out on bail and take matters into his own hands. Back at the car house, Karen wakes up to find Pete cooking in place of her friend and colleague, Penny. Mm. After Pete declares his love for Karen, Karen discovers Penny's corpse, realizing that Pete brutally murdered her friend. Karen rejects Pete by holding him at gunpoint after pretending to accept him and making love with him to take away his gun. After refusing to leave, Karen attempts to shoot him only to find the gun wasn't loaded, which Pete anticipated. Pete dismisses Karen as worthless and attempts to rape her, but is unsuccessful after finding his police car vandalized and realizing that Michael has returned home. Michael and Karen try to escape, but Pete attacks Michael while Karen hides in the bathroom. The Pete and Michael fight, during which Pete accidentally causes the police to start heading over to the house. After attempting to answer a phone call while acting as Michael and giving the wrong code, which was Pyramid, which <laughs> Michael had changed. Yeah. Pete holds Michael at gunpoint outside of the bathroom where Karen is, and Pete demands that Karen open the door and escape with him or he'll kill her husband. While Michael begs her to stay in the bathroom, saying that Pete will kill him anyway. Karen ultimately bursts out of the room and uses the pyramid that's not a pyramid, it's actually a gem, to strike Pete in the face, allowing Michael to gain the upper hand, punching Pete and knocking him down the stairs. Uh, Karen and Michael go outside and wait for police to arrive. Poli Pete regains consciousness as Michael holds him at gunpoint. Pete, believing that Michael will not shoot him, uh, tauntingly asks Michael if he'll arrest him as a citizen, just like Michael did when Pete threatened to kill him. To Pete's shock... Michael chooses the opposite and shoots him until the gun is empty, ultimately killing Pete. A relieved Michael and Karen then go outside and hold the cat. Uh, <laughs> that's not in the... But they do. That's uh, um, editorializing. <laughs> uh, they go outside with the cat and watch as the police arrive at the scene. The, the end. end. Yeah, I forgot about Penny. Poor Penny, right? Yeah. She didn't do nothing. Nope. She gets suffocated and stuffed in a closet. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot to... <laughs> it's a lot of work. She was in the upper part of the closet. She wasn't just in the closet. Yeah, I have no idea how he got her up there. <laughs> right. She's a, she's a grown woman. What the hell, man? 
Whitney, I have a feeling, but it's important to ask these questions for, for consistency and for ceremony. Do you ultimately recommend this movie? I do not. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm right there with you. I don't. Uh, I recommend any number of the... I, li I mean, I literally have recommended other films for you to watch. <laughs> yeah. Go watch those. This one, n not so much. Not so much. This is, this is interesting. Uh, we're going to get to the list, the movie ranking. But first, I need to know, do you recommend Backdraft? I do not recommend Backdraft. You don't recommend Backdraft either. Fascinating. Okay, okay. Um, I think that Backdraft is... Special effects and pyrotechnics are still kind of unprecedented. Yeah. In this day and age. So, like, from that perspective, it's worth a watch. Um, the rest of it is basically a soap opera where nothing happens. <laughs> uh -huh. There's, like, daddy issues and, like, nothing really happens. And also, it's kind of hard to believe watching this in retrospect with, like, you know, the fullness of time behind us, that this was a decade before 9-11. Because the sort of, like, firefighter hero worship yeah. that happens in this film definitely feels like it it came about after 9-11. Sure. Um, and that's not to say firefighters don't do very hard jobs. They do. Um, but the way that they turn the, the fire into an enemy and a monster, like in Jaws or something, yeah. is over the top. And I think the the sort of unabashed hero worship is too much. Um, when they're fighting fires, it's great. I think that the, the sort of like um, special effects stage direction is good. The pyrotechnics are amazing. Um, but ultimately, I prefer to ride the ride that is now defunct. I found it at Crazy <laughs> 2010. You took uh, the question right out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that going in the backdraft, like, sideshow ride thing was more exciting than the movie itself. Because you're standing on a balcony while all of this fire is happening around you, and then the balcony dropped, like, six inches. Um... And and you thought you were falling, and okay. I, was my adrenaline happened more in that backlot fire show than it did in the movie the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. All right. So with that said, I need two from you. I need where backdraft goes, mm -hmm. and I need where this one goes. Where does unlawful entry go? Either, either. Let's start with backdraft. Where are you going to put backdraft in the in the grand scheme of things? Backdraft goes. Backdraft goes between Overboard and Winter People at number thirteen. Wow. Okay. All right. And unlawful entry goes uh, uh, it's between, a tough one between tequila sunrise and guns in the heather no <laughs> yes 
<laughs> between tequila sunrise and guns in the heather at now number what 18 yeah okay yeah. what about you uh, I, know, I know where backdraft goes for you, but where does unlawful entry go? Yeah, backdraft goes where it goes, fully understanding that backdraft will not be in that, that spot for very long. Mm -hmm. Maybe, well, as we move through the 90s, backdraft will probably see itself out of this. I totally understand. Like, looking at the ones that you have below backdraft silkwood used cars the computer wore 10 issues i completely understand you wanting to watch backdraft again yeah rather than watch any of those again yeah not that i i really i feel like i was probably not uh i'm probably closer to you on backdraft than mm -hmm. uh our, our co-hosts uh, <laughs> at the time kate uh but uh, yeah i would rewatch again for the i had a lot of problems with that narrative but again visually it was very it was something else something to behold yeah. like you yeah. said yeah i think i think from the perspective of someone who's been in the like sets and props and knows what it takes to do special effects and the fact that those pyrotechnics so many of them were real yeah. and really kind of have never been duplicated at that level since yeah i definitely appreciate it for that because that was right on the cusp of moving everything to CGI and fire is just so dangerous yep. that we never really went that hard on fire, like real fire again, I don't think, in a film. Yeah. Um, it's all and, and some of it in movies now just looks plain bad because yeah. it's could be by virtue of it being just yeah, there's, added there's in post. Only so much like that you can replicate fire. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely technical elements and like action elements that I think are appreciated for where they fit into like the movie timeline of just like the history of cinema. Mm -hmm. But it really doesn't do much for me outside of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to put uh, I'm going to put unlawful entry. <laughs> Again, fully understanding. I'm going to put it at number eight. That's after what? used cars. <laughs> but above the computer wore tennis shoes. Um, again. That's crazy. I, you know, computer I, wore tennis shoes is a way better movie than Unlawful Entry. All right. I'll put it below. It's strong, strong opinions loosely held. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> great. So it's better. Th so it's under the computer war tennis shoes, but above Fool's Parade, which I feel so much better about that. Yeah. than underused cars and over the computer war tennis shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Gun to my head. I I'm not sure I could tell you what happened in Fool's Parade <laughs> right now. Um, I, I don't know. I. No, that was Follow Me Boys. I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't even. I. I don't remember. I don't even remember Fool's Parade. I don't know that why was, Fool's Parade is as high as it is. To be honest with you, Fool's Parade was the one with the like, the train car boys, and it was like Jimmy Stewart. Oh, it was the Constant Escape movie. Yeah. All right, that was actually pretty good. Yeah. Not memorable, clearly, but pretty good. No, I mean it was. Definitely not great, but it was, I think, eminently rewatchable. Yeah. And I think that's why it ended up so high for, for both of us. All right. Yeah. It had a, yeah. Okay. That's good. 
All right, I feel pretty good about this list. You know, you talked me off. You talked me off the ledge. I do. Th you know, under computer war tennis shoes is that's a, that's a pretty smart play. That's a pretty smart play. Yeah. All right, that's done. We did it. We did it. Bing bang boom. Our next episode, which I'm hoping won't be three months from now. I'm hoping we can no, maybe hopefully very soon have a rollout. Maybe two week. Maybe two weeks in a row. Maybe I don't know. We'll I don't know. We'll just play it by ear. But. I get the distinct honor and privilege of walking us through Captain Ron. Mm -hmm. Whitney, have you seen Captain Ron? I have not. Oh my God. I have not. I uh, think the only thing that I know about it is the like VHS box cover. Yeah. Yeah. I can very clearly picture the like cover art for Captain Ron. I don't know a single thing that happens or anyone else that's in it or any i know nothing about this movie this one you know i don't want to set unrealistic expectations this one's just a lot of it to me if my if memory serves because i have not seen it probably since the year it came out maybe shortly after uh it's just a lot of fun you know it's up there with like i feel like it came out right around right nearish the movie what about Bob, if you remember the Bill Murray movie with Richard sure. Dreyfus? Sure. And I put those in maybe a similar boat, maybe incorrectly, but I, I, I just feel like uh, same vibes, maybe. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I do feel like it's time for a fun one. I feel like it's <laughs> been a little bit since we had a fun one. Yeah, it's been quite a, it's been a little dour uh, in, the, in the filmography run. I think it's about to get very fun for a, for a minute, at least, or at least thrilling yeah. the, the 90s are were very good to kurt russell so mm -hmm. the middle of the 90s <laughs> so <laughs> all right that's it we did it whitney <sighs> it's nice it's nice to chat again i love it, it. we're coming in uh, every time i do i do this i look at the runtime we're saving people time listening to this as yeah, opposed to watching like the film 20 minutes yeah but, but yes. still but this is this i believe now this is entertainment you know to this quote, is a way funner time yeah. than any amount of time i had watching unlawful entry yes so there is that less time more fun that's what it's all about if people wanted to find and keep up with you elsewhere maybe see you do food where would they do that um instagram mm. i am no longer on twitter smart uh I, that started before. well before the current goings on uh -huh. um but definitely was mm, exacerbated by the current goings on yeah uh i'm not on twitter harder now than i was a month ago but i wasn't on twitter a month ago either <laughs> Good. Um, what's my Twitter handle? I don't even remember. Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N. -E -E yeah. Or that was on Twitter and there's no underscore on Instagram. That I sounds right. That it's sounds right. It's a long day. That's okay. We're going to get you out of here. It's a long day in which I had to watch Unlawful Entry <laughs> after a long day. Right. And then talk for about Unlawful Entry <laughs> for some reason. So yeah, a Twitter was the underscore. Instagram is no underscore, I think. Whitney Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N. -E and you will see primarily, mm, probably 60% dog, 
20% cat, 20% food. It's a great ratio. Great yeah. ratio. Uh, you can very little me. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I've created. Look at what I'm petting. Done. Mm -hmm. See, it's great. Done. That's all anyone cares about. <laughs> you can pry Twitter from my cold, dead fingers. <laughs> I bought tickets to see the Hindenburg, and God damn it, I'm going to see the Hindenburg. Yeah, you do it. <laughs> You um, live your best life, Andrew. Actually, I mean, I, w whatever. I mean, it's it, it's. I could take it or leave it at this point. All I know is that I'm definitely not going to Mastodon. It's just not going to happen, people. Okay. Come to Discord, or we'll just never talk again. That's kind of my feeling <laughs> about it. Oh, so I logged into Mastodon. So I created a Mastodon account when Mastodon launched. Yeah. And I realized I logged in because I wanted to see what people were saying about Twitter on Mastodon when all of this is going on. Yeah. And I realized that I was logging in uh, two weeks ago uh, for the first time since 2019. <laughs> the first time we all decided we might want to leave Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm still not actively posting on Mastodon, but I did peek my head back in there to see what kind of shit talk was happening about Twitter on Mastodon. Yeah, it just feels too convoluted for the normal human being. And you know, I say that as somebody who has a pretty good grasp of how things technically go, but oh man, I don't know about how, how a normal person would even begin to understand Mastodon. So certainly yeah. you just want to log in and post a thing and be heard. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's... I'd rather post a picture of my dog's stupid face and then a pie I made. <laughs> done. done. <laughs> so Instagram's cutting it for me. <laughs> All that is to say, <laughs> you can find me many, many places at Dark Driving. Um, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitch, if you want. Uh, I stream occasionally on Fridays with some friends of mine on Twitch. We play like Fall Guys, Knockout City, a lot of cooperative multiplayer games and just shoot the shit. Um, it's been a lot of fun. So any of those places are fine. Uh, that's all. That's all. Oh, I should also mention, I have another podcast that I do. It's about a video game. The video game is called The Last of Us. Uh, the podcast is called Wayfair and Strangers. Uh, if you like The Last of Us... Uh, and you're are, are excited about the upcoming HBO show, which we will also be covering. Maybe give that a listen. Um, I was I have also been absent of that for weeks uh, due to illness, but uh, we're we'll be back this week or next. Uh, could be good. Take a listen. There's a like a medieval or I think it's medieval. There's a video game coming out that's like zombies in like medieval times. Oh. <gasps> I love like it. knights and armor and stuff like that. I but mean. initially I thought it was by the same people as The Last of Us because when you come near a corpse that has been like infected, there's like sort of vines growing out of it. But the spores, the spores oh, floating in the air and yeah. the way that the light reflects off of them is like directly ripped from Last of Us. <laughs> and I actually thought about you when I saw the trailer for that new game, and I don't even remember what the name of it was, but at first I was like, wait, did they do a new The Last of Us that's like in the past? Um, um, so But it's not, that? it's just like, the gameplay looks very different and the art is different once you get away from the corpses, but when you're right up against the corpses, I was like very much the spores and the vines and the whatever reminded me of The Last of Us. Ah, oh, that's great. I love that. I'm gonna check it out. I'll, I'm a sucker for a good zombie game. And it turns out that The Last of Us is uh, great. 
zombie-ish game. So there it is. We're done. We did it. Uh, how do I do this again? I don't even remember. I press a button or something here. Hold on. Oh, it's too low. Oh, there you go. All right, Whitney, thank you. Thank you for hanging. Thank you, Andrew, for being here. <laughs> and thank all of you. Thank all of you. Thank you all. Thank all of you. Thank you all for joining us. And in the immortal words of Jack Burton, sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. <laughs>